Southern California, yeah. Born and raised our DNA. Laugh and cry to what we say. We hit you with that wordplay. Four, zero, five, three. What episode are we on? D, they feeling like baby zombies. All dressed in Abercrombie. So Cal DNA coming in live. Eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. COVID got you sitting inside. Why not sip one and free your mind? Cheating thrills, popping pills, stack cash, spending fast. Listen to all of those lies as Arjun act like he's surprised. surprised. My Dodgers, man. I'm going to go ahead and start it off since <laughs> this is probably the most energy you're going to get out of me right now. <laughs> the Dodgers have just kept their hope alive for getting that championship. It's been a long time coming. And Atlanta has us where, you know, they got us on our backs. And uh, it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. <clears throat> but we got the W today in a nice, winning, demanding fashion. It was a great game, um, regardless of if you're a Dodger fan or not. It was a solid game. Um, we may have suffered an injury to one of our key players, but you know we'll move forward from that. And now the score, or overall series, is three to two. Three to two. We got another one tomorrow and Sunday, man. And uh, we just need to bring it home. Yeah, just to clarify, Don means three to two. Atlanta is up currently, yeah, um, yeah. but we have a really good shot. I mean, I saw the game today in its entirety, seven three. It was uh, brilliant. Oh, you watched the whole game? Seventh innings, sixth and seventh innings were brilliant. I mean, the three runs. I mean, come on, that was just fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I I think I I'm always cautiously optimistic about the Dodgers. I mean, I watch them religiously all season and every year, especially the first <laughs> season. And I, I I know that they always come close. You know, they they build up my expectations, they build up my hope, but something happens every year, man. And for this win to happen when it did, it's fantastic. We were pretty much, as Don said, backs up against the wall. Elimination time. We had to deliver. And we did, thanks to our guys. And there were a lot of doubts about Kershaw and everything, but I believed in him. I I still believe in him. He didn't play today, though. He didn't play today. You know, I, I still believe in him for the next game. There we and, go. Uh, okay. You know, I, I think tomorrow at <laughs> almost one thirty eight p.m., I'll be tuned in. I'll be glued to the TV. And, uh, you know, Don knows this probably more than anybody. I, I, I bleed Dodger blue. There we go. You know, from day one. There we go. Whenever, however you define day one, yeah. I, I yep. bleed Dodger blue. I, I and, believe, you know, we could start off right now, day one. It's, it's a pretty good day. <laughs> we, we could start off with day one today, that's true. And day, day three might be on Sunday. Because uh, uh, it, it seems like this will go seven. I, I just had this feeling. I hope so. I hope know. so. But I also think it's rather unfair that in baseball, at least in this season, it looks like they have to play every day in the finals. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a little unfortunate. Um, typically, what they'll do is they'll have back to back games and then have that one travel day um, to transition cities based off of the respective teams. Um, but unfortunately, due to um, the new norm that we live in, known as COVID, uh, we don't really have that. And to make things even more interesting, we're playing in damn Texas right now in the Rangers uh, field. So it's it's definitely an interesting setup. But it's a good field to play in. It's a deep field, meaning that you know when you score a home run, you got to really earn it. It's not one of those quick 200 yarders. Yeah, you know you got to hit 400 at least. And hope to God that that fielder doesn't have a vertical larger than LeBron James, which some of them do. So. And and speaking of LeBron James, we have to congratulate. Oh, you like that by the way. Time. You like that by the way. No, I'm, I'm gonna really. You're very much the, you're very much Alonzo Ball of this guy. Uh, oh. Tandem, this duo. Oh, that's that's. Oh, a, was that a diss? Was that I, a diss I think that was like a, a like a high five into a backhand right there. That was uh, that was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think Don set me up beautiful because LeBron James is now a four-time Finals MVP, yep. winning his fourth ring with none other than the greatest basketball franchise ever, the Los Angeles Lakers. Si, senor. Si, se puede. And congratulations to the Lakers, of course, for winning the title against Miami in Game 6. Uh, it was a harder-than-anticipated series, yeah. especially yeah. in the... You know, early parts. I, I didn't know 
that the Lakers would struggle so much after game one. I, I kind of thought, okay, this is going to be a sweep after game one with all the injuries, especially. Sure, sure. But, but Miami, you know, if anything, I learned that Jimmy Butler is a real leader. He's a basketball. dog. He is a he dog. Is a dog. He, is, yes. he is a dude that will go to the end of the world for his team. And uh, mm-hmm. nothing but respect. His stock value has greatly increased. He's no uh, pandemic P. He is nothing but badass Jimmy B. It is fantastic to see him flourish as he did. Um, I think we all knew it, but we didn't accept it. And he gave us, you know, well, rather, the proof is in the pudding. Look at the numbers. Uh, Even with number two and number three out of his team, he was able to fill those people's shoes. And, you know, no matter how cramped up he was, he had a smile on his face and he was ready for each and every game, more or less. It's, uh, Absolutely. Uh, he even sprained his ankle at one point in game one. And and I kind of thought, oh, crap, you know, this might be a long-term type of thing. He might not be quite 100%. But the fact of the matter is, at this point in the finals, at this point in the playoffs, who is 100%? Nobody is. Everybody's kind of... T- Dudley? Okay, if you don't play... Yeah, <laughs> but as far as the people who play damn near 40 a night... Jimmy Butler, man, I, just oh, yeah. my hats off to him, as Don said, and I I will defer from Don in this one regard. I was always a believer in uh, Jimmy. B. I think uh, you never drafted ago, him in any of our fantasy leagues, man. I that's true because he wasn't that great in the regular season yeah, compared to yeah. other people around that same position. But I will say there were uh, there was a time when the Lakers had a lot of money. And a lot of cap space, and they could go for two max free agents. You guys remember this. This was probably two seasons ago. And uh, of course, they got LeBron and they got AD through some trading. But my preference would have been a combination, if they could, Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. I think that duo at the time made perfect sense to me because I know this season the Warriors were nothing, they were out of the playoffs, but every year the Warriors were in the finals, like for four straight years. And it was so annoying. And I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a way to stop them. And especially if we play in the same conference, what better way than to have these 6'7", 6'6", versatile wing defenders that can play D, that can shoot, that can play make, that can do a little bit of everything. And that, to me, was the vision of a Warriors beating team. Alas, that did not happen. Jimmy Butler went to a couple different teams since then. LeBron Mm -hmm. James came and... You know, Lonzo was shipped out. Unfortunately, we kept the no, the no, worst. No, fortunately, of the fortunately, fortunately. Well, some of us may disagree. I mean, one, honestly, but... dude, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lonzo in the future wearing purple and gold again. Um, I think Rich Paul is going to work some wonders. Uh, <clears throat> you know, being Lonzo's new agent, and I don't know when Lonzo's contract is up, but I wouldn't be surprised, depending on where he stands to garner a contract with the lakers if he could get kcp aside from you know his performances these playoffs which was amazing uh, shout out kcp hit some good shots for us uh necessary shots throughout the postseason for us uh if he could get kcp the amount of money he did with the caliber of play he was at uh I, i'm sure he could do the same wonder with lonzo in the future so he could but here's the problem I don't think the Lakers could really need or use Lonzo Ball. Uh, um, well, I'm not saying immediately. Um, I mean, it, well, actually, there's there's the possibility we'll, we'll need an additional ball handler um, because there are talks. I mean, of course, our ball handler number one is none other than the king himself, LeBron James. Alex Caruso. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to say Caruso. <laughs> well, he's, he is the starting shooting guard of a championship team. So, Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> it feels good to say. <laughs> um, we'll continue. continue. But I think Rondo's contract is up right now. Um, yep. So he, he's due some money. And he, I would say, is... I'm trying to think uh, of other ball handlers that we have on the team that could fill those shoes that Rondo fills because Rondo deserves some more money and he's probably going to try to aim for uh, a mid-level amount given his performance and his proof that he still has at least that high caliber play during the playoffs. 
what Cook is up. Uh, who else is another point guard that we have? Bradley, I think, is uh, maybe on a. I think his contract is up too, right? Or do we have him for one more year? Um, I, I don't really care about these insignificant players. <laughs> I'll say this: uh, Rajon Rondo. I don't know if he's ring chasing at this point of his career or if he just wants to cash out with one big payday. I think if I were him, I I think it's more important for him to actually get one big payday from some team yep, yep, that, totally that was so impressed, so impressed by mm-hmm. his playoff dough experience mm-hmm. and says, you know what? He would be great as a sixth man. He would be great mm-hmm. as like a backup to a Trey Young. Uh, well, I would even say a starting point guard for those teams no. that need a starting no. point guard. Abs- ab- no, I don't think any team would make him a starter. Um, I'm too drunk right now to go through the Come teams. up with names. That's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll finish. I'll Sacramento finish Kings. Uh, <laughs> New York Knicks. Uh, Sacramento <laughs> Kings have Darren Fox. Okay. So absolutely not for that one. New York Knicks, yeah. I mean, anybody could be starting. Hey, noticeable improvement. Well, thanks for the improvement. Shout out. Hell yeah. There, hey man. Hey, uh, I forget his name. What's the, the dude's name over there? Um, that makes all the James calls. Dolan. Yeah, James hey, Dolan. Dolan. Hey, uh, you know, if you're looking for a point guard, shooting guard, uh, ball warmer. You know, anything, assistant coach, I'm there, man. Send me up. <laughs> Ball me up. warmer, huh? <laughs> you okay. caught on to that one? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know they hired for that position. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm just saying. It gets cold in New York every now and then, man. It gets cold. Oh, I'm sure. You need you need somebody somebody to come exactly. in and cup those balls. No, I, I, guess, will, so. I will come in early for that, you know, and I will leave late. <laughs> I will get the job done. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, well, you know, again, going back to the Lakers, I, you know, I, I wanted to ask you this one thing. Uh, you know how every time uh, a team wins a championship, sure. they uh, have all this celebratory gear, like championship gear up sure. for sale. Yeah. Were you tempted to buy anything this year? I was tempted, but I did not bite the bullet. Mm. Reason being, well, I got too much shit to fucking pay course, for right now. Of course, I understand. <laughs> well, you might be surprised to hear uh-huh. that I actually did buy something. Ooh. And uh, l- let's just say you that... Sure, you sure it was the LA Lakers, not the LA Clippers? It, it was the correct team, yes. Okay, it was okay. the Lakers. Okay, and sure. you might be surprised. Uh, you might be getting something in the mail in January. Ooh, uh, January. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, ooh, wait, what? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's because for whatever reason, th- this thing that I ordered, it, it's not going to be made until later. So okay, I okay. think, yeah, you're going to have to wait a little bit on that. Don't right, worry. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing excited. crazy. But, I'm excited uh, for it. Just, just, just something I think... Uh, you know, a real Laker fans like your like yourself and myself. I think you, you're going to appreciate it. So, hey, Matt, you know, I, I, I did, appreciate uh, the championship ring. I will wear it proudly. Um, oh, of course, of course. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And and how did you know I basically bought Dion Waiters' ring? Hey, how did you know? Because you know? <laughs> dude needs money, man. Dude needs money. Because <laughs> <Dude needs laughs> you know you know why I bought his ring, right? I could easily etch out the eye, and it'll be done. <laughs> Huh? You see what I did there? There you go. There you go. Oh, I like that. I like Wait. that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Wait until January, my friend. You will get it in the mail for sure. Um, so you know, shout out to the Lakers for sure. I'm I'm proud of them. Uh, it, it is great to see Lakers back on top. I mean, sure. I'll, I'll be honest with the fans here. I I would say my my peak basketball viewing period is probably over. Like back in college mm. days, undergrad. I used to watch as much as possible. I used to watch every sure. TNTs inside the NBA, sure. almost every Laker game a night, and uh, it was great. It was really, really great. But back then we weren't winning. <laughs> back then, it's uh, it was like the downturn, right? Like it was after yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Well, actually, let me take that back. In in my what junior year was it 2011 i think it was that's when it all started going downhill yeah. we had come off two huge championship wins yep. one against white howard's orlando magic in 2009 and one getting revenge against paul pierce ray allen kevin garnett and rajon rondo in 2010 which was fantastic went to game seven and i distinctly remember this because i was driving home for game seven and uh the idea was i think i would meet up with you don at at a yard house somewhere but i apparently went to the wrong yard house and at that point i was like you know what fuck it i i just want to watch the game i don't even know if i have room let me just drive home as quickly as possible sure and with like minutes to spare in the fourth 
I got to see the end of it, and that was nice, the whole celebration and everything. But since then, it has been a rather long drought period, and we had to suffer through the likes of um, Robert Sacre. We had to suffer through... What do you mean? Remember him? No, I remember him, man. How can you forget his dance? He had so many memes. He is... uh, I'm sure he's playing professional ball somewhere. Uh, not, Not in the States, but somewhere. Um... I mean, 10 years isn't that long. We are blessed no, to have I, a strong I, franchise, I you know? Yes, absolutely. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I'm I'm being a spoiled Laker fan right there now. There we go, there we go. You know, like, I'm, I'm perfectly objective about this. I understand that certain franchises have never won. <laughs> you know? And, and we look at Cleveland. Cleveland won one time in, like, yeah. what, 50 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll likely never win again unless LeBron... You know, there's a LeBron 2.0 that's born in Akron, Ohio. Bronny. Uh, which, Bronny. Bronny may be, uh, yeah, we actually, I, I, I doubt that Bronny will be as good as his father because it never works out that way. But um, I'm looking forward to it. Whenever Bronny does enter the NBA, if he does, uh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Dwayne Wade's son, Shaq's son. It's always interesting to me to see the sons of very famous players, how they fare. Um, but digressing a bit, I. It's just cool to see them back because I used to be of the mindset that, yeah, it's only right that the Lakers should be in the playoffs every year. It's only right that they should be in the finals every year. I thought that was a norm. And for a long time, at least in my you know, younger viewing days, it yeah. was. Yeah, you were, and, you were and, spoiled. You were spoiled in the beginning with uh, the greatness of Kobe, Brian. Um, yeah. Because yep. you know, prior to Kobe, there was a team, prior to you even watching, after the Magic era, that kind of had the same ordeal that we had faced for the past 10 years um that was led by a duo of or trio actually of vlade divak nick van axel and eddie Mm -hmm. jones Mm. with some splattering of eldon campbell in there who i never Mm -hmm. understood why we kept him at a young age but you know we did because he was a big body you know um it's it's interesting man that you know we're tied now for the highest or rather the most successful franchises when you uh, gauge success by number of championships you know 17 for Boston and 17 now for our Lakers it's very I would say it's more likely for the Lakers to uh, surpass the Celtics immediately um, you know the next two years to get that other chip what do you think about that? Do you think uh, the Celtics have a chance next year or the following year to get the chip? Um, so this year, Boston lost to Miami in, what, five? I, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think um, Lakers are probably a slight favorite to win again yeah. next year, but... Only slight because there's a lot of new teams that are going to come up next season that weren't around this year. And Brooklyn? Um, Brooklyn and also the Warriors. And mm. more so than anything, the Warriors scare me because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Curry, Clay, Draymond, and, and whoever they get, maybe LaMelo or somebody else mm-hmm. with the first overall pick. Wait, do they have the first overall or, or top no. three? Top I three. believe uh, they have two or three. Okay. Let, me, let me look that up while you talk. Sure, sure, sure. So they have a top three pick, and you know they'll get somebody good. Maybe they'll trade him for a star. Who knows what they'll do? Um, and and now that I think about it, a potential trade scenario could be with that pick. Number two. And, number two. Number two pick, packaged with let's say like a, I don't know who, like maybe a Draymond Green, for a, a Giannis perhaps. I wonder if that that money would work out. But um, speaking of trade scenarios, I know Don, you wanted to get into some interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. the it's been the talk for the past. Uh, I would say this past week after the normal, you know, LeBron downplay and the talk of the championship and all that. Um, there's been word and rumor going around that the Lakers may finally get to be privileged to. Um, dress chris paul in the purple and gold uh there's a couple trade scenarios where it works uh and those are you know that i could remember off the top of my head involve some trades 
uh, it would of course include a conditional first round pick I believe next year's uh, pick is conditionally set to New Orleans if it's one through seven so if it is if it falls mm-hmm. between one through seven uh, it would automatically become a 2022 pick but that pick compiled with Danny Green um, who's the other person Danny Green someone else and then a rotation of Caruso or oh so Danny Green Kuzma um, and then it would be like Caruso or some other person in order to acquire Chris Paul I think it works for both sides if you believe in um, what's his name what's the dude that pissed us off a lot Kuzma Uh, if you believe Kuzma will flourish in the future Um, I as you know I am 100% on board with this trade because i think nothing of kuzma i think uh he is he he is a reminder you know what he is to me and this is just a personal thing to me kuzma is a reminder that we gave up lonzo ball every time i see kuzma i think wow this is the guy that we kept this is the guy that we kept a guy that can't hit a shot to save his life a guy that doesn't play good defense a guy that jumps on every single pump fake like my god how is the same person faking you out twice in the same possession like come on but um you know i i think uh if if there's a way to get kuzma out of the lakers whatever we get back i am on board for that for sure and if you're telling me we can give up tanny green who was let's face it abysmal in the bubble absolutely abysmal if we can give up danny green uh, Kuzma and somebody else. I would like to keep Caruso for obvious reasons, but sure. if it's a Quinn Cook or something, right? Hell yeah, let's do that and let's put all the picks yeah. in. Let's yeah. let's give them all the picks. I would I would <laughs> take on Chris Paul's money. Uh, I know Chris yeah. Paul is owed a fictitious amount of money for the age that he's in. Sure. I think he's probably owed about well, forty five million. Yeah, but then given his playoff performance and his leadership, I think. I mean, it's it's definitely up there in the price tag point, but he's a true leader that can stand, you know, on the same level that LeBron James commandeers. Uh, whether Question. or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh-huh. I don't know. They're friends, but then when it comes to business, uh, that friendship can quickly erode. Um, and... You know, I, as much as I would want Chris Paul, you know, uh, let's say best scenario, it all works out, we get another superstar and all that. As much as I'd want that to happen, who in their right mind is going to take an overpaid shooting guard in Danny Green um, and just a somewhat budding star that has yet to even, you know, uh, break ground? Don't you Kuzma? dare call Kuzma a somewhat budding star. He hasn't even broken the ground. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. He has. Dude, no. I completely disagree with this take that you just did. And <sighs> let me tell you why. Kuzma has reached his potential. He oh has reached God. his potential. Yeah, yeah. Kuzma... See, like you may... <laughs> I know you're going to dig him even deeper. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's young. He's a kid. Okay. He's younger okay. than us. You know what? You, you said the magic word there. He's a child. He's a child. <laughs> And I you know, should not, yeah, if you're yeah. gonna get an emoji tattooed close to your heart, that hundred, right? I'm just you got you got issues. You got oh my issues. god, like like his uh, he, I saw. Okay, so he was shirtless in the championship celebration. Yeah, sure. I think in the podium uh, sequence. Yeah, he saw and Jr. Thought, so he's like, yep, got to. Yeah, yeah, he copied Jr. for sure. That's his vet. <laughs> but uh, I, I I was looking at his tattoos, and he actually has Kuzmania tattooed on his uh, uh, clavicle. And and Kuzmania was probably a more recent nickname. Like I'm sure nobody yeah. in college called him that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and so I just thought to myself, like, wow, like what kind of person actually tattoos, hit like an own, you know, self-given like moniker or something. You know, it just it's just weird to me. But enough Kuzma hate. I think I can hate on Kuzma until the cows come home, uh, until Brexit is done, yeah. uh, until we have a yeah. president elected. Yeah. And I think what do you call it? What it's going to come down to is for OKC to even 
you know, begin conversations with the Lakers on a possible trade, there's going to have to be a lot of draft picks that is going to erode our future. I disagree. Um, I disagree. Here's why. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder would love to get out of Chris Paul's huge contract. Um, I'm sure they tried to trade him. I really do. I think they genuinely tried to trade him. And they realized that nobody would take on that much salary for that many years. But now, I think it's kind of a win-win. Because look, Danny Green, he signed for what? One more season? So he's an expiring contract. Uh, You look at the other guy, Kuzma. I don't even give a damn. You know, just put put him in there. And then uh, a Quinn Cook or somebody else. I don't even know if they're expiring contract or they'd have to do a sign and trade. But it seems like an ideal situation for OKC. Because look, who else would willingly take Chris Paul? Answer that question. Miami. No. Why would they? No, I'm just trying to think of any team that would take him. Knicks, of course, obviously would, but I'm thinking contenders oh, yeah. now. Knicks, Knicks would give them the entire uh, franchise. Like, what about Portland? Uh, Port- well, no, why would, you, why would you do that? You have Damian Lillard, man. Okay, so, so clearly Don uh, does not... Or, well, what about the know. Clippers? Uh, because they are trying to get rid of uh, Paul George, or rather, they're not trying to get rid of him. <laughs> Wink. Um, but the only untouchable on the Clipper team is Kawhi. Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think Chris Paul would want to go back to the Clippers. Um, I, I think that chapter of his life is closed. Um, so just go down the street uh, away from Yeah. Him. No, to, to be honest, like now that I think about it, and I'm really glad you brought this up. It's a very excellent topic that you brought up today. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you, thank you. I actually... <coughs> want to get Chris Paul's jersey if he came to the Lakers. I I did not feel that way about LeBron. I did not feel that way about AD as much as I like and respect their game. Chris Paul to me was always one of my favorite players. And I think that's a a homage that you're paying to Chris Paul as you were a fan of Lob City. I was a fan of Lob City. I'm not trying to, you mm-hmm. know, call you a Clipper fan even though you are one. Um but, you know, he's he's an exciting player that is well respected. I think he's actually is he the president of the um, players association right now. Well, from this uh, non-Clipper fans perspective, I'll tell you <laughs> that uh, yes, he is the president. <laughs> you know, and what she used to follow then none other than our buddy Derek Fisher, uh, who used to be the president of the players association. Uh, I think Chris Paul is one of the few names that. Even if he's playing on the other side of the ball, meaning, you know, he's playing for the opposite team that you root for, you respect. So I can, you know, I could, I could see that happening, you know. Chris Paul joining, you and, getting a jersey. And, I and, 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 you know, I, I think it, it proved to Laker fans and also the Lakers front office, the management, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, that if you do have a very elite point guard next to LeBron James, it can only do good things for the team. Mm-hmm. And and not only that, you saw LeBron not only respected Rondo, but he relied on Rondo. Mm-hmm. He really depended on Rondo, especially when LeBron mm-hmm. was sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And when they were together, man, like Rondo looking for LeBron on the lob or on a cut, whew, I mean, mm-hmm. that is exciting basketball to me. And you know Chris Paul can do the same thing, mm-hmm. maybe even better. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris Paul can be more dynamic because he can shoot while dribbling. Rondo mm-hmm. doesn't really do that too much. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm all for it. I don't care how you make it happen. I would love to see that. And I think, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I, think, I think it would make me more passionate about the Lakers sure. if that were to happen. I, I think regardless of whether or not we get Chris Paul, this this upcoming season is going to make us more passionate because now we have the throne. Everyone's coming for us. Not that they weren't already. I think having LeBron James on your team already puts a target on your back, forehead, heart, basically all over your body. Um, but now that we also wear the crown of the league, of the world, um, Everyone's going to be coming for us. And I think in the age now that we're in where it's been duo-headed monsters 
um, reestablishing the triple-headed monster uh, is the way to really try to impose dominance on the league. Mm. Um, and I think this is probably the best way to compete next year given the uncertainty around you know whether your Giannis is going to be wearing um the ugly blue and gold or blue and yellow or the ugly uh red and black in houston or the well i hope he stays in green but you know me too I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be an interesting year, and I think uh, we'll see what happens, man. Next year is gonna be full of a lot of exciting things, and one thing that I know that you're gonna be excited about for next year is the results of the presidential debate, man. Uh, did you watch the town halls that we uh, had? What was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, right? Great segue. And yes, uh, I, see, I I'm did. getting better, dude. Oh, hey, dude, you I got to drink better. more, dude. Okay, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm actually grinning from ear to ear as you were the last 30 seconds because I knew what was happening. You, you, you're percolating in your mind a little bit like, all right, how do we get there? Oh, dude, I was like a little now. train that could, dude. I'm like, you got this, Don. Keep going. <laughs> you got this. Shovel right. more coal, buddy. Right. Shovel more yeah, coal. Keep shoveling that coal. That's right. Um, I, I did have the opportunity to catch up on both uh, town halls. Oh, look at you, um, man. Extra credit. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I watched the Trump one first. And <laughs> it's because I, I knew that was going to be more entertaining. Sure. Um, I did want to watch both, uh, for sure. So I saved the Biden one for later. As I was going to sleep, I think I, I left it on. <laughs> but um, I, I will say... Um, before we get into the town halls, sure. I do want to touch a little bit on the VP oh. debate that happened um, the week prior. Sure. Um, you know, this was uh, actually coinciding with our podcast episode last week. And mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I, I tend to work a little bit later, I tend to get off a, a little bit later than the D. Uh, we opted, you know, not to cover the VP debate that particular week and save it for today. So we're doing that now. And I'll tell you this much. It surprised me. It surprised me because going into it, I thought, you know what, this is just going to be a reversal of what we saw in the first presidential debate, where instead of the Democratic challenger getting bulldozed by the Republican incumbent, now we're going to see the Democratic challenger in Kamala Harris really attack and stay on the attack against a rather monotone and maybe uninteresting Mike Pence. But what I did observe was... Mike Pence is a better debater than I ever anticipated him to be. Um, He was very much in line with party politics. He was very much, I would say, copying what Trump would do in those situations, employing the usual tactics, Mm -hmm. attacking the left, always answering the question that he wants to answer, not necessarily the one that's been asked of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Kamala was solid but I expected a bit more. I thought she would be a little bit more incisive and, and exacting with her uh, uh, attacks against the Republican Party and her facts and her details. I am objectively saying this, not biased at all. I think it was close, but I would give it to Pence. I think Pence won that debate. And uh, a lot of people were kind of impressed by the debating style of Pence, not necessarily saying that he was right and vindicated in everything that he was saying, but just the manner by which he carried himself and he really gave it to Kamala. I thought that was a, a great performance by him. Sure. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think Pence was a little more solid. Um, he's usually been a bit on the quiet side when it comes to, I guess, just in general getting in front of the camera, uh, given that his um the president basically garners the whole spotlight um but i think pence ultimately won um for one thing and the only thing that can come to mind is uh it was a talk of the town that a fly landed on pence's head and he did nothing about it though that is very comedic and we could laugh about it and joke about it uh as all the media did 
that is exactly the reason why I believe it added more fuel to the Republican wagon. Reason being, Kamala had some great points that were brought up. Um, she did well on the stage, I would argue. Well enough to at least stand toe-to-toe to the Vice President, Pence. Um, and instead of talking about those issues, media decided to make fun of Pence because of the fly on his head. Um, rather than spreading you know, the good information that was said on that stage, they decided to make a mockery of the whole thing by um, talking about a damn bug that landed, you know, unfortunately on our vice president's head. I don't remember much when it comes to the actual debate aside from Kamala. Um, am I saying correctly? Is Kamala? Kamala. Uh, I I usually just go with Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, K H. We'll call her K H. No, no, no. K-H. Just, just go with, go with Kamala. Kamala just Harris. Kamala. All right, yeah. uh, former DA of uh, California, K H. Um, see how I just said like fuck it, whatever. I'm going with what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, because you're right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think she commanded the stage very well and showcase that she can be outspoken when she needs to be and be firm uh whenever here's the thing man i agree with everything that you're saying but those were table stakes i think we all expected that i expected more from her sure i i I thought that like all of the points you're making that's the baseline that's the bare minimum i would expect from kamala i wanted to see something more for her to really shine but i thought that she was just okay she wasn't she wasn't proficient at anything really mm. well i take that back i think for certain topics in the debate i think when it came to the criminal justice system sure. obviously as you said kh from california being the former da shout out I, shout out shout, yeah shout out to kh not to be confused with carrie hilson or kingdom hearts or kingdom hearts a game i never played oh. and, and we never will but oh. don clearly played it in oh life changer man life changer well, okay, maybe for some, maybe for some, and maybe for our guest next week. But that's that's a topic. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring it up. I didn't want to though. <laughs> I, I'm so proud of you. The not enough, not enough hentai in, in that one. There's plenty of coal. There's plenty of coal coming into your engine. Um, but no, I I will make one observation about what I witnessed. Looking at Kamal in that debate, I got reminded of you know back in school, there was always like that one very hardworking, uh, kind of a tryhard, if you will. The Arjun of the class? No, not exactly. Not exactly. Uh, You know, tryhard that was always kind of the teacher's pet. You know Uh, what I mean? Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, whenever another student would get in trouble, the teacher's pet would be like, yeah, yeah, that's right, because that's wrong. (laughs) I'm right and you're wrong. You know, it's kind of like that. And I thought Kamala was getting super excited every time the moderator was telling Pence to stop. Yeah, Like, you're done. Okay, Mr. Pence. Okay, It it was a little immature and definitely uh, at times childish. I wouldn't describe it quite as immature or childish. I would say it's more like it's very revealing of Kamala's personality. I think that's – I think she's – She's actually a very, I would say she's kind of a fun personality in general. Sure. I think she gets along with everybody really well, and people tend to like her, which is great. I think in politics that's really, really great. But it also comes off a certain way to me, particularly. I think it seems like, oh, yeah, like she's like kind of like the goody two-shoes a little bit, you know? Like she likes it when other people get in trouble. She likes it when she's doing it. Who doesn't? I guess so. I guess so. I, I guess maybe this is one of those... You know, little nitpicking points I'm making. Oh man, it really dude. isn't yeah, a point yeah. to me. I mean, I don't know if here comes know. here comes the the, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cold. I ran out of the cold, dude. I, I slipped. I slipped. Cold, <laughs> I slipped. <laughs> at this point, my friend. But that being said, as we all know, <laughs> VP debate is never interesting. Sure. I mean, I didn't even watch biden versus whoever the hell he went up against last time you know i i or i I just don't really give a damn about these vp debates at all um but this one i cared a little bit more about because of kamala harris um i i think it is always worth watching and also admiring from afar to see what 
you know, Kamala was able to do. You know, she fought hard to become president. She failed. She didn't poll very well, but she found an avenue. She was smart enough to be like, you know what? I can still find a way to get on that ticket by joining forces with the the leader of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, and to me, I, I find that very ambitious. And I give her oh. a lot of credit because if things work out a little bit, Kamala Harris could eventually be the face of the Democratic Party for years to come. Sure. And um, for that, I, I think it's a, it's a great achievement. And also the fact that, you know, she's I believe she's half Indian from yes. her mother's side. Yes, I was going to ask and, that question, but I didn't want to play the race card. So, Well, as you you should, though. You should. I mean, it's common for people of your tribe. You know, you, <laughs> it's a common card that's played by certain political factions, which we will not get into. Oh, Jesus. A, a great one. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it is an, a historical achievement for, for Kamala Harris sure. to be the first, uh, you know, person of color in a major party ticket. Um, and also handling herself very well. She proves every time she's on the stage, every time she's giving an interview, she proves to the world that she does belong in the political sphere at this highest mm. level. Um, whether or not you like her, that's secondary because everybody has haters, right? Trump has haters. Trump has you know people who vote for him every mm-hmm. four years, like mm-hmm. you know one of the people in the podcast. And, <laughs> and uh, you know Pet Pence is around too. Pence may be. Uh, gaining some fans after that last debate. Um, to your earlier point, though, about the fly. Sure. I mean, come on, dude. Of course, everyone's going to be talking about the fly. The damn thing was on his head for two minutes. Which and which it was I very did. obvious. Yeah, and SNL even made a whole skit about it, which is hilarious. Oh, did they? They did. Oh, they did. Um, but uh, well, it was kind of poor taste, but it was entertaining. Um, it's a damn fly. It fucking happens. Uh, I don't even want to pay heed to it because shit happens and, you know, Pence could have done one of many things to it, but rather than focus on something insignificant like that fly, you just focus on the debate. Focus on the issue at hand. I I think you you expect too much from the American audience. I I think... Well, yeah, dude, of course, man. I mean, what, what kind of person would I be sitting on this pedestal of being a podcast host with you if I didn't expect more of our of our listeners, man? I expect people to pay attention to what matters, not the nonsense that comes out of the A's mouth from time to time, you know? Listen to the truth that the D's preaches all the time. Don't worry hey, about the flies not, in the room. Let's not mix up the lyrics. Right? <laughs> the lyrics the so, DNA coming in live. Uh, what is That's it? Ten right. o'clock on a Friday night. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the last couple of bars. Actually, I'm thinking of uh, listen to uh, Love Don't Lies. Uh, Act like keyword, keyword, and remember who's the one that's lying. Okay, let's just remember that. Just to remind yeah. me. Stack cash and the fast man. Well, yeah, that, I, I can't really. Yeah, that's uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, so that segues naturally into the, of course, uh, you know, yesterday's <laughs> series of events, which were the town halls. And let's kind of give the audience a little bit of uh, context as to why sure. this happened. So obviously, last night was supposed to be a debate. It was supposed to be the second of three scheduled debates by the Presidential Debate Commission. But because Trump had contracted COVID, and I don't know, Don, if we covered that, we probably didn't cover that at all. No, we didn't. Um, Donald Trump got COVID-19, which to some people was well-deserved. To other people, just not cool at all. I mean, you never wish that on anybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, soon afterward, pretty much days after he got the positive test result, he was out of the hospital. He was taking laps outside Walter Reed. He was, uh, you know, uh, just going to rallies just days after. Um, and, and so he's more or less doing everything that he used to do. But he's been very cloistered. He's been very shelled up about when was his last negative test. And I think the fact of the matter is there's a good chance if he took a test today, there would still be high enough concentration of COVID in his system Mm. to come out as a positive result. And that's why he's not disclosing that information. But the debate commission was like, you know what, it's too much of a risk. It's too soon after his uh, return from the hospital. President Trump, if you would like, we can do this debate, but you have to do it virtually. Trump is like, nah, no way. No, not a chance. Trump did not want to do a virtual debate. Biden was down. 
You know, Biden for sure would do it. Um, but because they said, you know, the Republican Party said, no, we're not going to do this. Uh, they decided to come up with contingency plans. And Biden was the first one to have a deal with ABC to do a town hall. And it happened to be the same time as a debate was supposed to be happening. Um, on the flip side, Trump is like, no, 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 we're going to get all the ratings. I know a little bit about ratings. I'm going to steal everything from Biden. Watch this. So he calls up his friends at NBC. And for those that know, uh, you know, NBC did the show Apprentice, where Donald Trump really, uh, I, I would say, kind of rose to, you know, TV fame. I think sure. prior to that, Trump wasn't really well-known as like a TV person. You're of fired. course, he was well-known as a businessman, but that show really put him up there like, oh, yeah, look, there's Donald Trump. There's the boardroom and there's the you're fired and all that. So, um, you know, he called up his friends at NBC. They hooked him up with um, a similar time slot. There was a lot of overlap there, which was controversial. And I thought it was funny because um, <laughs> a lot of Hollywood celebrities, a lot of big-time producers, directors, whatever, they all signed this huge letter saying, NBC, please reconsider this. You know, don't broadcast the, the town hall with Trump at the same time as a town hall with Biden, you know, because people need the opportunity to listen to Biden, you know, and, and listen to him fully without being distracted by yeah. Donald Trump. And the NBC's like, nah, we're going to get the ratings. We're good. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they, they came up with some, you know, some response like, oh, you know, well, Biden had a similar town hall at the same time a couple weeks ago. And so it's only fair that we give Trump the of same course, opportunity, completely kind of ignoring the elephant in the room. Well, yeah, Biden has another town hall at the same time. But I digress from the logistics of it. I want to get your opinion, Don. I don't know if you watched both or just the Trump one. But uh, what did you think overall, man? What did you think of last night? Uh, so I only watched one of them. I was actually watching the Dodgers last night and not watching the town halls. Unfortunately mm. or fortunately, depending on you know where you stand on the issue. Um, <laughs> so I, I was able to watch um, Trump's town hall during my lunch break today. And it was, it was good. I think uh, the moderator, or is that the right term for town hall like the speaker yeah, the, yeah. the controller moderator. whatever you want to call it uh, um did a moderator. did a good job of at least matching energy levels with trump uh she was able to reel him in whenever possible i think there were some obvious biases um that could be heard and seen throughout the whole town hall um but trump was able to finally denounce white supremacy uh, that was one thing. Um, uh, I, I find his uh, <coughs> his lack of knowledge on QAnon, QAnon, I don't know the right term, QAnon to be somewhat misleading um, and playing dumb to something that's quite obvious. Okay, um, let, let's uh, let's hang on right there. I want to sure. talk about both of those things. Let's sure. first talk about the white supremacy. Um, now I denounce white supremacy. Did you not hear me? I said, <laughs> "Are you going to denounce white supremacy?" Yeah, I, I, I just said I denounce white supremacy. <laughs> so, so, a couple of things about this. Um, before the town hall. Yep, you were it, you were hanging out with your boy Trump. You were you know in that line riding Air Force One with them. Got it? Uh huh. I, I, I would never do such a thing. Hey, you know, hey, really quick. Sorry, quick segue. Yeah, go, yeah, sure, yeah, let's do that. Even if it's Trump, are you serious? You wouldn't go on Air Force One if given the opportunity? No, I would. No, I would. There I, we I go. Okay, joking. all right. Was that, that was it. All yeah, right. hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, me too. Me too. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, I'm, yeah. I'm Instagram live. While rocking Air Force Ones? I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, yeah. All right, but go on, go on. All right, we're, we're going about what's supremacy. Um, you know, I, I, I think um, with, with Trump, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about him not clearly denouncing white supremacy. And the reporters, you know, they seem to get up on him every single time about this ever since that first debate. Yeah. You know, stand where he down. brought up, uh, you know, stand by and stand, oh, stand down, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Something like that. Uh, referring to the Proud Boys, people thought it was kind of ambiguous. And, you know, people thought he might have even be kind of uh, subliminally supporting them. And um, I looked into it. 
And uh, I found that before he did, in fact, talk about the whole, you know, the whole tragedy that happened in Charlottesville um, with the protesters from both sides. He was referring at the time specifically about the statues. And then the quote was kind of taken out of context. And I found that very interesting because as it always is, it, it always is. But I guess somebody brought to my attention a, a YouTube clip that kind of demonstrated this. Like, I guess a reporter was asking people on the street, like, oh, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And some anti-Trump guy was like, oh, you know, Trump loves white supremacists. He never denounced them. And this lady reporter is like, oh, no, that's not true. If you watch the full clip, he clearly says, you know, I denounce white supremacy. And that part is never broadcasted in mainstream media. And I, I thought that was interesting because... I would expect at least seasoned politicians, even on the Democratic Party, to at least acknowledge that or to be cognizant of that. But Kamala Harris echoed the same thing that that misinformed gentleman on the street had said. And I thought to myself, why is this the case? Why is it that, well, you know, quotes are... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, to build off of what you were going to finish right there, I apologize. Yeah. Not really. I'm more right than you. Uh, go Team D. Um, it's you know, like you what are we would more, do. More right than me. You are more right than me. We, we both know the me. truth, so uh, I'm not going to say anything on that end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, it's like how we write our essays, man. Whenever you want to reference something, you go to something that goes along with what you had initially written down, just to strengthen your argument. I think that. <sighs> media just in general including social media tv media written media what what have you our media uh we're going to take a stance that supports our ability to be more right and more correct for life stop saying the word right because uh someone's taking it out of context a bit here uh more correct than that of the person you know you're uh conversing with or arguing with with me and A all the time. Um, I, th- it, I do I blame them? Sure. Can I blame them? Probably not, because I'm guilty of doing it myself. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is true. We all do that in different contexts and different situations. Um, and and I thought it was interesting though that prior to the town hall. When Trump was asked, when the press secretary was asked, they would always kind of say, oh, Trump has said that before. I don't have to repeat myself. It's been done. And I thought that they took that position for two reasons. Number one, if Trump is really going to call out the Proud Boys, white supremacists, and all these other you know, right-wing extremists, in a way, by calling them out and bringing attention to them, Mm -hmm. he's also, in a way, not bringing attention to the left-wing extremists, which he always touts as Antifa, right? And I think from a political strategy, you don't want to bring more awareness to the right-wing extremists from your own faction Mm -hmm. and not not really bring down the other party. You always want to find a way... To paint the other wings extremists as far sure. worse than yours. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Don't focus on my issues. Focus on theirs. That's I, right. It's like you know, you're pointing this, point the spotlight at my pearly whites, not at the guys behind me that have pitchforks, flags, and uh, white hoodies. You know. That's right, and and you also have to look at you know, part of Trump's voter base. I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. but part of Trump's voter base is you could say maybe rejuvenated and revitalized by some of these vitriolic statements that Trump likes to make. Strong word usage. Were you looking at the dictionary today? Uh, I don't own a dictionary, but I own my brain. I own my mind. And uh, I'm able to process information on the fly very quickly. (laughs) And it's something that I hope that you develop in the next time. Very slow. It's very slow. Like I said, I ran out of coal about 30 minutes ago. uh... I know. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm seeing a hill coming up right now. 
I, I'm yeah. overnighting you a FedEx shipment, <laughs> so hopefully you'll get it by tomorrow. You'll be good for oh, tomorrow. Hey, bring a shovel too. I think I lost that on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring you a tiny little shovel. <laughs> tiny little shovel to scoop up that coal. Um, but yeah, I, I think for Trump, you know, he doesn't want to alienate any part of his base. And if one part of his base does resonate with that kind of rhetoric, mm-hmm. then it's in his best interest to not be so clear and explicit about uh putting down the proud boys or putting down any kind of right-wing group that may have those kind of values those closet white supremacist values um so it was twofold for me but i think and you touched on this earlier the moderator uh, I think her name is Savannah or Samantha. I forget what her name is exactly, but wow. the NBC. Wow, such disrespect, such disrespect. Oh, what's her name, Don? You know what? I'm going to let you go ahead and continue. While you look that up on Google. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, the moderator, uh, I thought that they had some kind of uh, connection there. I think they knew each other from the past. Um, they might be friends, who knows, because uh, Trump was very much... Um, I don't want to say smitten, but I think Trump was was very much happy to be talking to her. Let, let's just put it that way. And uh, the moderator was also exceptional. She did a fantastic job, but I think... Savannah. Knowing... So I was right. I was right. <laughs> yeah, it took you like 10 minutes to Google. Yo, hey, uh, fat fingers, bro. I know, I know, I know. So Savannah did a, a great job uh, basically pressing Trump. And you and I both agreed about this earlier. I, I think she knew that she can get away with more. She can mm-hmm. get away with like, you know, talking back to him, mm-hmm. with uh, pressing him on questions hey. that he doesn't fully answer the first yeah, time yeah. around. And I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the way you got to do it. Um, not only you know if we apply this outside of even just presidential level debates or town halls or just you know anything, conversation wise, it's always good to you know basically get in the shoes of the other person and speak to the level that they are known to speak um, and communicate with them in the way they, I would argue, normally communicate. Absolutely. And and for that reason, I always try to speak to you at a sixth grade level. Hey, I'm because... just, hey, dude, like I said, dude, dictionary, man. I don't even know what word you said earlier. I don't know what the fuck that means. Hey, listeners, do you know what the hell that word meant? Like, I'm, I'm sure Arjun doesn't even know what word he spit out. And see, and Don also has goldfish memory because he forgot the word. Yeah, what what is the word? Vitriolic. 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 It sounds like a Russian word. Are you sure? Uh, what, you been hanging out with Putin again? <laughs> Putin again, my friend. <laughs> I, I have never been to Saint Petersburg. I have never been to the Kremlin. Um, but you know, I, on, I've heard vitriolic. that. Vitriolic. Uh... All right, hold on. Let's see what this. Oh, what do you think it means, by the way? Oh, it's just uh, you know, just really critical and and just uh, just negative, uh, heartfelt okay, negative okay. reaction. All right, there we go. Filled with bitter criticism or malice. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'm a solid word. Solid word. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, instead of art of war, this is a special edition. We're going to do art <laughs> of, word the of the day. Word of the day. <laughs> this is a, a special segment only for the D because the D is clearly expanding his hey, vocabulary. Man, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just, hey, by the way, let me do a, a spotlight sip. Um, do the brewery, pie happy, clocking in at sixteen point five. Uh, it is an ale aged in bourbon barrels with apples, vanilla, and spices. <laughs> Dude, this shit is delicious. By the way, it's like apple pie. Oh, uh, that sounds w- good. With a nice toasty, like if you like a little bit apple pie with like a little more cinnamon, then probably should be added in. Sure. This is your drink. Um, mm. I'm about. through the bottle Um, Feeling real good Not looking forward to tomorrow morning But we'll see where it takes me Mm. Um, Mm. But By golly this is a uh, This is a double D and a half Double D and a half It's a solid beer that's Solid it? Bit. Just a double D and a half? I'm Nothing saying, higher? it takes a lot to impress me, man It takes a lot oh. to impress me Like Savannah, she impressed me Okay Her okay. ability to Almost control and quiet Trump at times Is a job in and of itself And to be able to do that In front of a live audience And in front of the whole nation That was likely watching Trump rather than Biden 
um, it, it speaks levels. I think she gained some stock value there in what she can do, and good for her. So. I think so. I think so. But I want to touch on something that you mentioned to me before. We haven't talked about it in the podcast. Sure. Do you think it was a strategic decision by NBC to have her be the moderator as opposed to somebody else? I Sure. It could have been. Um, I don't know. The only political alignment I know of uh, when it comes to media outlets is Fox. Um so when it comes to NBC, ABC, whatever, what is it? NBC is what channel four for us? Yeah, four. It, it it's odd because to me, SNL is also on NBC, mm-hmm. and SNL ha- goes to town when it comes to making fun of the Republican Party. Yet they were able to host Donald Trump and give him the airways uh, over Joe Biden. I mean, I think it just goes to show that money speaks and choosing someone that could match the wavelength of Trump would allow, I I think would actually be less entertaining than if they were to pick someone like Chris Wallace who couldn't control the situation. My two cents. Oh, you think think doing what... NBC did was less entertaining. Yeah. Then okay, okay. Yeah, I'd say I, I, pick someone yeah. that would fuel yeah. Trump, mm. right? Anger mm. him some more, or mm. pick someone that can completely be steamrolled by Trump and to garner the ratings and get him to say something that he doesn't want to, you know, be so, recorded it, saying. You know, to that effect, I actually thought that Savannah did a fantastic job because oh, there yeah. was one point where where Trump actually felt. Really frustrated. He was like, Gloria, you're doing this to me. I know you. You're asking <laughs> yeah. this question. Well, doesn't he say that? Like, oh, cute. Or some shit like that. Oh, well, well, well she said, he said that too. I, I, I definitely <laughs> caught that one. Because uh, she, she basically responded to Trump saying, oh, why don't you ask Biden this? Why don't you ask Biden this? Uh, yeah. And she's like, well, because you're here in front of me. And then He's Trump like, oh, is cute. like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought I thought from that perspective, like, yeah. you know, she did a good job. And, I think and she so. was the right yeah, person she, for the job. She definitely did a good job. I think when it comes to ratings wise, I don't think she did a good job. I I doubt that, man. I think Mm-mm. that Mm-mm. that nah, segment. Man. You want you, you want viral clips, man. You want me in my drunken state. Like I don't even remember what the hell we talked about for the past thirty minutes. Um, I remember Chris Paul here and there, and I remember Fly on Pence. You know why you remember those two things? Because those are the points that you brought up. Well, then exactly. See. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's but hilarious. like, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it's yeah. like you want memorable segments. Mm-hmm. There are memorable segments, but it would be more on how the moderator Savannah kind of um, dealt with the pit bull of Donald Trump. I would say you you would. You know, depending if you're left wing or right wing, would want Donald Trump to be at the forefront of it all. You wouldn't want to be speaking about the moderator. I don't know. I mean, well, I think it's important to note that this was a town hall and not a debate. Oh, come on. We all treated it like one. I know. I did. I did. I thought it was a debate between the moderator and Trump. Yeah. As is usual. Exactly. Um, but you bring up a great point. Sometimes it's really about having great segments, and sometimes it's about having a great episode. And we actually have something very special planned for Ooh. next week's episode. Uh, this, I know, I know. We are going to have our first ever guest for the podcast, and we'll, we'll keep the guest a surprise for now, Don, just to kind of... I think so. You know. I think it's a good. It, it, it'll be good for uh, our friend. I think so. And uh, I, I'm sure uh, our friend will be a, a very critical component to the uh, entire episode's events. <laughs> Just clicked. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, you will. You will. <laughs> I, think so. I think so. Yeah, and so, I think uh, for our yeah. listeners out there, you know, if you have anything specific you'd like us to um, converse on with our guests just to see how we vibe with, you know, a third party. 
Um, we'll call him the. Uh, what what color shall we give them? The the color. Yeah, sure, sure. The, the gray party because they'll be in the gray side. I, I don't know. Uh, uh well, yeah, what's sure. A nice neutral let's, color. Let's go with gray. Gray sure. side. Gray side to Arjun's red and my blue side. Um, and, and of course, the the red that he's referring <laughs> to is the is the real red blooded American. All right, you know what? Wait. Well, what, what are you? Uh, are you black or white on the yin yang side? Do you remember? I am you're on the on, white side. I'm you're on darker the white side color. because yeah. I'm darker than you. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That's um, right. So That's right. you know the black side, white side. Now we have the gray side. Um, again, listeners, if you have anything you know you'd like to, you know hear us talk about with a neutral third party somewhat neutral depends <laughs> uh third party uh yeah. let us know let us know uh we're gonna be recording this wednesday for sure wednesday uh it may be a little bit later than usual yes. given yes, it, it um will. arjun's <laughs> timetable um but yeah. you know with that if we do have any shifts in schedule and we haven't talked about this but i'll just say it now if we do have any shifts in time schedule, uh, I promise at least to come up with a new intro song, a new updated intro song that could reflect those changes. <laughs> uh, it may just be a re-recording over the same track. It, it may just be like like Don dubbing over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just say it at once. <laughs> fucking going. Like, 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 how does the beginning go again? Fuck, I forget the song already, but... Uh, You'll just go like so uh, DNA uh, coming in live. Like, Is it gonna be like just me showing like eleven PM <laughs> on a Saturday evening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't even say night, you just say evening to make it super awkward and just confusing for the audience. I'll even hit but, pause and everything, it'll be great. I feel you. I feel you. So uh, that's a little teaser for the fans out there, for the longtime listeners. And again, we wanna say thank you so much for following us on Spotify. Um, it meant a lot to us to be able to get on that platform yep. and we will continue being on that platform as long as they'll have us. And, uh, you know, we may have some interesting, uh, episodes even beyond next week. Uh, maybe some things with music that we'll get into a little bit more later on. So definitely stay on the lookout for that. But, uh, again, thank you for joining us on a Friday night this time, a lovely Friday evening. And we hope that everyone is staying safe, being COVID secure, not injecting bleach and, and warm sunlight heat into their uh, <laughs> veins. And, uh, you know, until next time, take care, everyone. Blue Side D, out.